0: This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. It's time for us to put the spotlight on headlines from around the region.
1: Mm, and we've got quite a varied basket of headlines. In Malaysia, Canada has terminated its sourcing contract with Malaysian glove maker Supermax Corporation following allegations of forced labor.
0: Uh, we've also got Indonesian President Joko Widodo choosing a new national capital. And I asked you the question, uh, which country is developing a plant-based vaccine to fight the Omicron variant? Well, uh, we're going to get the answer from Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits
2: Times. Good morning, Leslie. How are you? I'm doing good. Good morning, Bazi.
1: Now, Leslie, Malaysian factories, let's start with them first. Uh, They are making products ranging from medical gloves to palm oil, but they've increasingly come under scrutiny over allegations that they abuse foreign workers. These workers form a significant part of the manufacturing workforce. Let's take a look at one of these manufacturers in particular, Supermax. They introduced a new foreign worker management policy. They enhanced their human resources policies. Tell us more about... How far these have worked? Uh, what did the audit results reveal about the status of foreign workers at this company's factories?
2: Well, you know, the audit results remain unknown to the public. They haven't revealed them yet. But what has happened recently is Canada has terminated the sourcing contract with Supermax. Too. So, And these are following allegations of this glove manufacturer of, uh, you know, violating how it basically, violating, you know, proper treatment of foreign workers, you know. So I think all of this suggests that companies like Supermax need to need to actually come up and be more public about these audits and try and get some kind of, you know, publicity on what they are doing uh, right now to correct the situation and to get countries like Canada and the U.S. to lift this ban on them, you know. And the sooner they do it, the
0: better actually for that. Leslie, the Philippines Election Commission threw out a petition seeking to invalidate the son of the late dictator Ferdinand Marcos from running in this year's election. I think there's quite a number of complaints on this, uh, trying to derail his presidential bid. So uh, the question is, you know, aside from being convicted by a local court for failing to file his tax returns in the 1980s, why else do groups want to eliminate the, his son's candidacy and will this have any significant impact on his road to the presidency
2: there are a number of petitions that remain and all of them center on this uh, tax violations but uh, one can understand why people are keen to disqualify him uh, marcos jr is appearing to be a front runner in the race you know. And he's standing together with Sarah Duterte, who's the daughter of the current president. And you can understand the tradition most a lot of Filipinos have about any kind of return of the the Marcos Marcos dynasty you know, mm. to, to to rule the Philippines. You know, everyone knows that you know what happened to the Philippines when his father ruled uh, the country back in the 70s so i think there is depredation there is concern but you know this guy is a front runner today so someone we need to watch
0: this podcast is available on our audio app that's a w-e-d-i-o like us and rate us and now back
2: to our podcast episode
1: Uh, Something else we're watching in the region, Leslie, is Indonesia. Indonesian President Joko Widodo has chosen Nusantara, or archipelago in English, as the name of the new national capital, uh, to be built in Kalimantan. Tell us more about the relocation plan. Uh, What will its development really mean for Jakarta?
2: well you know this this is something extremely exciting for for indonesia uh, we know jakarta is a country that is i mean it's a capital that is you know it hits it suffers from chronic congestion floods pollution and it's sinking you know because of over extraction of groundwater and so the the move has is to have a new capital that could cost a whopping something like 34 billion us dollars i think in East Kalimantan, a, lot of, a number of presidents have tried to push this idea, but President Jokowi is the only one who's come this far. And the new laws that have uh, been passed recently provide for the framework to push ahead with this, this mega plan. You know? And I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, Kalimantan is in Borneo, its frontier region. Uh, known for its rainforest and whole lot of stuff. I'm actually looking forward to, you know, the restrictions on COVID to be lifted. Uh, So, you know, traveling around Kalimantan and, you know, reporting about what this place could be, it's going to be an exciting story to follow. You
0: know, the only thing that really catches my attention is no more traffic jams, I hope. Mm. (laughs) Exactly. question I always have when I'm with my friend, how long do you think a Singaporean can last on Jakarta roads? 30 seconds. (laughs) 30 seconds. Okay, uh, let's stick with Indonesia. Uh, They're going to introduce new tax breaks on property and car sales this year. This is in a bid to accelerate their economic recovery from COVID-19. But the authorities are preparing for the spread of the Omicron variant. Uh, Let's talk about this tax break. How does it differ from the one that was implemented last year, Leslie? And does the introduction of another tax break suggest last year's ineffectiveness in accelerating economic recovery?
2: Well, you know, the the tax breaks last year set to expire. So, you know, I don't think that they, they were ineffective. It just, I think, underscores spotlights the impact of the, the health crisis on the economy and how uh, much more uh, incentives are needed. You know? and this is only to this is only to you know try and inject new kind of dynamism into the economy, especially you know uh, against the ombricorn spread that's happening now. So we're going to see many of this and I think the governments not just in Indonesia but across the region will have to come up with these kind of uh, incentives to basically try to get the economies going.
1: Finally, Leslie, let's answer this question. We've been teasing it all morning. Which is the country developing the first plant-based COVID-19 vaccine? The answer, of course, Thailand. And I understand it's a startup called Bia Phytopharm. They're using tobacco leaves. Tell us more about the rationale behind this idea. How have they explained it? Uh, how effective are plant-based vaccines? Can we, how soon can we expect them to be rolled out?
2: Well, you know, this is done by a startup that you, call, that you mentioned, Bayer Phytopharm. That was founded in 2018. They've been trying to work on this vaccine for some time now. And the, the companies entered the, into the base, uh, Kong University's uh, Innovation Hub. It's a research center for startups to develop technology and also manufacture, you know, recombinant proteins that can produce medicines and vaccines. So this, this startup is something new. They've raised $3 million from U.S. dollars from crowdfunding. They've also got some money from the university and the Thai government. Uh, they're in the first phase of trials, and that began in December last year. So far, you know, no uh, plant-based COVID vaccine exists anywhere, but this company is kind of confident that they can they can actually... Uh, Stamp or mark here. Our trials are ongoing and uh, we will see in the coming months whether how how this works. And, you know, I guess any kind of vaccines, you know, especially from the region will be welcome, especially plant based, a plant based one like this. You know, we will have uh, I'm sure it's going to have traction, you know, with with uh, people from the region and elsewhere
1: i was just just
0: uh, curious, and this is really just an opinion one because uh, you've been, you know, watching for a lot of stories out of Malaysia and anti-vaccine sentiment. You think, you know, you have a plant-based vaccine, the anti vaxxers will maybe be more inclined to take it up.
2: Perhaps, you know, I you know. I mean, I think um, you know, everyone is. Uh, I guess something that is that is natural uh, will find a lot mm. more a lot more takers rather than something that is, you know, that has limited. Uh, limited, very limited um, trials, and that we've been forced to take. Sure, sure. A chocolate-based vaccine—that's what I want. <laughs> no, that'd be great right now, <laughs> man.
1: As long yeah. as you can prove its efficacy, anything goes. I say yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you very much, Leslie. Thanks for joining us that, today, Leslie thanks Lopez, thanks Lopez thanks regional bar- correspondent at the Straits Times. You have a great day ahead, Leslie.
2: Thank you. You too. Bye.